Are you ready for what God is about to do tonight? Because I'm ready. You ready? You ready? Hey, already, wait, before we start, before we start. Back when I was younger, the closer you were to the, to the altar, I don't know why, the closer I got, the more I felt God. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seats. If you want the Holy Spirit to reign over you tonight, hop up. And if those chairs just cleared up in front of you, can you hop up? Can you just hop up? I know I'm like screwing the people who sat you down. I'm sorry. Before I start, uh, my name is Jonathan Mejia. I'm our youth pastor for Wednesday nights here at main campus. Um, super excited about tonight. I'm super excited. Uh, real quick before I start, you know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, uh, the lame here. Uh, don't start my clock, by the way, because I didn't preach yet. Whoever's doing the clock. And I don't get 15 minutes, so add it up. Um, I'm, I'm the loser here, but tonight we have some very special people, and that's those first-time guests. Man, if it's your first time here, can you just raise your hand? Can you just raise your hand wherever you're at? Man, can we show them some love? Show them some love. We are happy that you're here. We are honored that you're here. Hey, can we? Jose. Hey, I pray that God speaks to you the most tonight. That first time guest, I pray that God speaks to you the most tonight. Man, tonight, we just had a little worship session, and tonight I was blessed with the opportunity to talk about worship. Whew. Worship. Worship. And tonight, not only are we going to talk about worship, but we're going to talk about why we worship. Mm. Some of you guys don't know why you worship. You just do it. But God is going to reveal to you why we worship, the purpose of which, of, well, why do we do this, Right? But before we can talk about worship, there's a key element of worship. It's not why we worship, it's just a key element. Key element of worship is something called presence. Somebody say presence. Presence. presence the presence of God. What does that mean? When someone goes to class and the teacher's taking the notes of who's in class, first thing they say is, John, present, I'm here. I showed up today. So tonight, before we talk about worship, we need to talk about the importance of God showing up. Can I let you know that any time in the Bible when Jesus would show up to a situation, something happened? Every time Jesus showed up in the Bible, something changed. For example, this one time there was a guy who was blind. Jesus showed up in the situation. All he did was walk into the situation. He spit on the floor, made some mud, put it on his eyes, and before he knew it, he could see again. All because God was present. Another time, there was a man who was lame, couldn't walk, he was crippled for 38 years. 38 years. But then when Jesus shows up, he starts to walk again because he was present. My favorite is about a woman who had been bleeding for a long time. She'd been bleeding so long, literally for years, a large chunk of her life. She just had this issue of blood. And the Bible says that while Jesus was on his way to perform a miracle already, there was a man that comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, my son, he, he, he's dying. He, he's dying. I need you to, to save him. It was the son of the daughter. don't remember right now, but it was one of the two. Runs up to my, my kid. I need you to save him. So Jesus says, okay, let's go walk to your house. He walks to his house. And on his way to the house, it wasn't even this woman's story. The Bible wasn't even talking about this woman. But she was so desperate for her miracle that she said, if I'm going to get my miracle anyway, the only way I'm going to get it is if I'm in his presence. 
She said, the only way I'm going to get my miracle is if I step in his presence. She knew the power of being in the presence of God. So she crawls between people when she touches the bottom of Jesus' clothes and automatically she is healed. Can I tell you that there is power in the presence of God? There is power in the presence of God. When he shows up, something has to change. When God shows up in your life, something has got to change. Something's got to switch. If you came into church to stay the same, you came for the wrong reason. If you came into church to leave the way that you came in, you might as well go back out. Because that's not what we're in the business of. This business, the church, is about leaving different than how you came in. It's the presence of God. Point number one, I need his presence. I need his presence. It's, not a nego- it's non-negotiable. I need his presence. So the question is, how do I get his presence? If presence is what I need to get my miracle, if presence is what I need for something to change in my situation, if presence is the catalyst to what I need, how do I get God to show up? The Bible says in Psalms 22.3, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of your people. What does that mean? Can I get a chair? Let me get that chair, Matt. What does that mean? Bible says, yet you are holy. Somebody say, yet, yet. You, are holy. you are holy. Enthroned on the presence. Oh, time out. On, enthroned on the praises of Israel, other translations say, enthroned on the presence of the praises of your people. I'm sorry, I'm just so stuck on presence. <laughs> Yet you are holy, because when God shows up, I'm telling you, everything changes. I, I like I, God is telling me He don't want to move on. Some of you guys think that you could go your whole life without the presence of God. It doesn't work that way. You wait. You wonder why your situation hasn't changed. My question is, when's the last God, time God stepped into it? When's the last time you've invited God to step into your situation? Yet you are holy. The word enthroned, what does that mean? God has a throne. And the Bible says he is enthroned on the praises of his people. So that means when you praise God, when you worship God, he takes his throne and puts it in your situation. Puts it in your situation. And he sits. He shows up. He shows up. When you worship he shows up. The Bible doesn't say he passes by. The Bible says he enthrones himself. What does that mean? If I'm enthroned, I'm here and I'm here to stay. I am enthroned on the praises of my people. He's enthroned. He's not going anywhere. So we understand that presence is key. Presence is everything. Can I tell you something? Jesus has no choice but to show up when you worship. He has no choice. The Bible literally says it here. It says it right here. It says, for when two or three are gathered as my followers, I am among them. I don't know about you, but there's more than two people in this room. When two or more are gathered, God has no choice but to show up. When you are gathered in the name of God, when you are gathered under, under, under this, this oath and under this devotion, whenever two or more are gathered, he's enthroned. He sits. That's why you're wondering, God, why am I not experiencing a change? Who are you gathering with? 
Who are you gathering with? Because God is carrying his throne and he's saying, okay, uh, one, two, three. No, they're not in my name. I can't go there. Uh, one, two, three, four. Oh, they're not in my name. I can't. Oh, look at these two right here. Yeah, they're gathered in my name. I'm going to sit right here. Come on, I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to sit right here. I'm going I'm to enthrone myself. You want to know, know what's the best part about God being enthroned in your situation? The best part is this. When it comes to the throne, there's an angel on God's left, an angel to the right. The Bible says one is named Michael, one is named Gabriel. Gabriel is the messenger. Somebody say messenger. So when you worship, God shows up. And then God says, hey, Gabriel, we enthroned ourselves here tonight. So what I want you to do is, you see that girl in the back, Gabriel, that's crying? Because she lost her father, she lost her boyfriend, but you see how hard she's worshiping? I showed up because of her worship. So Gabriel is the messenger, and God tells Gabriel, send her the message and tell her that I'm going to fix whatever it is that she needs to be fixed. And the, the better part is this. Not only does God have Gabriel, but God also has an angel named Michael, and Michael's the warrior. So God doesn't just send you a message. After he tells Gabriel what to do, he then looks at Michael and says, Michael, I want you to fight her battle. Gabriel, tell her I'm going to take care of it, but Michael, get your straps, get your swords, and go to work. Some of you have been fighting fights that you were never meant to fight. Can you raise me up a little bit? Some of you guys are fighting fights that you were never meant to fight. Some of you guys are fighting battles that you were never meant to battle. If you just worship him, God does all the fight. Go get, get, handle that, Michael. Handle that. He enthrones himself on the praises of his people. He has no choice. And, and God is a lot like, you know, I'm a lot like God when I go to weddings. Here's what I'm talking about. Uh, so I go to weddings all the time because my family, we lit, so we turn up every wedding. Every quinceanera, if my family's there, just know you're going to be sweating that day. So we show up, and I tell myself every wedding and every quinceanera and every party, I say, yo, I'm not dancing today. Why? Because I look like this when I dance. I get sweaty, I get nasty. I say, today, I'm not dancing. For those of you who know me, that's very hard for me to do. Because all I do is touch, don't touch. Like, I do this. Like, we turn up. The thing is, when people invite my family to parties, they invite us, and they don't even be like, hey, come. They be like, make our party lit. So I'm already given a task. <laughs> and every party, I tell myself, today, you're not sweating. You just bought these jeans, bro. You don't want to sweat. Just chill. We chill. We eat our food. And then the DJ comes on. And the DJ start playing some songs. So me and my cousins, we dancing in our chair, though. <laughs> we all throw, one of us throws it up. Everybody catches it. <laughs> I'm sitting. I said, I don't care what happens. I'm not getting off this chair because I don't want to sweat tonight. Tonight's not that. I got a suit on. I look too fly tonight to be sweating. Then they play a song that I actually like. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> kind of move my chair back just so I can get some foot space. I'll be dancing in my seat. Yeah. <laughs> then it comes to a point where the DJ, he does something so demonic. <laughs> he plays my song. <laughs> he plays my song. I hear the beat, I'm like, I already know how the song starts. Nobody else knows what song is going on but me. I'm like, this man is up to no good. I thugged the first one out, right? 
If there was any worse song to play after that, he plays it. I have no trouble. Before I know it, I'm in the dance floor like, hey, we lit, hey, we lit, hey. And I'm dancing. I have no, I have no, there's nothing I could do because he played my song. When you worship, you're playing God's song. When you worship, he has no choice. He has no choice. You are playing his song. And God is probably in heaven like, man, I just finished, did a move. I just did a miracle in his life. Just did a miracle in her life. But she's playing my song. I mean, I'm a little tired. I'm a little, uh, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they're playing my song. So God is here and he's like, man, I don't want to get up. If it was up to me, I'd stay on this chair. But when you worship, you're playing my song. So I have no choice but to get out my seat and give a praise break. It's only a matter of time before I start, uh, before I start dancing. It's only a matter of time before he shows up. Some of you guys need to hear this tonight. This section, somebody. It's only a matter of time before God shows up in your situation. Jesus. It is only a matter of time before he shows up because you just happen to be playing his jam. You just happen to be playing it. You're playing it. Point number two. My worship leads to his presence. What's super powerful? His presence. What gets me his presence? My worship. Back then people had to travel. The woman who was bleeding, she had to walk up to Jesus. Now when you worship, God walks up to you walks up into this situation he says who's playing my gym you michael gabriel do your thing point number two you need to let this sink in my worship leads me to his presence so we learn two things number one when god shows up things change when god shows up when god shows up Number two, my worship forces God to show up. My worship gives him no choice but to show up. My worship, it doesn't say A, B, or C. It says you pick this and that's it because the Bible says if I worship, you show up. Although my worship leads to his presence, I don't worship him for his presence. You need to understand that we do not worship God for him to show up. We just worship him and as a result of our worship, he shows up. I don't worship God for him to show up into my situation. I worship him, and because I worship, he shows up. But that's not why I worship. Tonight we're going to learn why we worship. Look at the person that said, why you worship? Why do I worship God? 2 Samuel 6, 9 through 13. I need you guys to pay attention to this because this right here is going to change your life. I promise you. 2 Samuel, verse 6, verses 9 through 13. Just before I tell you the story, let me give you the context. There's a man by the name of David, and back then, the presence of God was rare. This is before Jesus died on the cross for you. After Jesus died for you, his presence can be anywhere because your heart becomes a home for him. So we're lucky, but back in these times, Jesus hadn't died yet. Yeah. So if you wanted the presence, you needed the Ark of the Covenant because that is what represented the presence of God. David, who was a king at this time, he knew 
that no matter what he did, he needed the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God. He needed that in his castle, in his palace. He needed it in Jerusalem. He knew that no matter what he did, he had to make sure that he had the Ark of the Covenant because he knew without the presence of God, things get a little weird. So what does he do? David understands the power of presence, so he sends people to get the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant. So Jesus, literally, David's here. The Ark of the Covenant is so far, miles. And literally, he sends people to go get the Ark of the Covenant. Now watch what happens. When they go to get the Ark of the Covenant, he sends them. The thing was, back then, God was like, no joke. If you were unholy and you touched the Ark of the Covenant, you died on spot. Back in those days, they only let one person come into the room, like literally once their entire life. And when they came in, if they were un, if they weren't, if they didn't perform what they had to perform before they went in, they'll die on spot. That's how serious this was back then. If you touched the Ark of the Covenant and you weren't supposed to, you would die. So literally, David sends some people over there to get the Ark of the Covenant. He sends them, and when they go, they get to the Ark and they say, "Listen, you're the presence of God. David knows that he needs you. So we're gonna pick up the presence and we're gonna bring it to the castle. That's what we're gonna do." They pick up the presence of God, and they're walking back to the palace. But on their way back to the palace, the Ark of the Covenant began to fall off of what was holding it. And one of the men tried to save it from falling, and when he touched it, he died. They stopped. They left it right there. He's dead. A man just died for accidentally touching the Ark of the Covenant. And that's a message to you who try to play with the presence of God. The presence of God shows up, and you don't know how to handle it. You better ask somebody. When God shows up, you better get ready. And whether you know it or not, he's here right now. <laughs> Never mind. So he dies. They stop. They send message to David. Say, David, he's dead. What happened? Did you get attacked? No, he just touched the ark of the covenant and he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. David says, you know what? Keep the Ark of the Covenant at a man's house named Obed-Edom. Keep it in his house because that was the closest house. Keep it there and leave it there. They left that there for three months. And this is where we pick up in the story. David was now afraid of the Lord. And he asked, how can I ever bring the Ark of the Covenant back to, into my care? So David decided not to move the Ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of the Lord remained in Obed-Edom's house for three months. Somebody say three months. three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Because when the presence is in your household, you're blessed. Yeah. Some of y'all asking why your family's so jacked up. Can you get the presence in there? Some of you asking why your relationship is so jacked up with your boyfriend. Just get the presence of God in it. That's all you need to do. Why is your job so jacked up? Just bring the presence when you walk in. Holy Spirit, I'm coming in with a worship. I'm coming in with a praise. And no manager, no devil, no employee, no customer is going to take my... Hallelujah. Then King David was told, the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. When David hears this, he gets to a point where he says, wait, 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 wait. The ark is in his house and he's getting blessed? 
I'm going to get it. Some of y'all need to get personal with the presence of God. Wait, my friend got the presence and I don't got the presence? You're telling me that your life has been blessed ever since you've allowed God to step in your life and for some reason I can't get this presence? I'm going to go myself. I'm going to go myself. Because ain't no way in hell are you going to get your blessing and I ain't going to get mine. Some of y'all got to get selfish with your blessings. I'm not going to sit here and watch you get blessed when I know I'm one worship away from God showing up. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps. Somebody say six steps. David sacrificed the bull and the fattened calf. What is the Bible saying? The Bible is saying that when they picked up the Ark of the Covenant, he said, listen, David said, listen, every six steps that we take, we're going to stop and we're going to sacrifice an animal for God. Back then, sacrifices was the most popular uh, style of worship. That was the most known way to worship God through your sacrifice. So he said, every six steps, we're going to worship God. We're going to stop. We're going to worship God. Can I tell you something? From Obed-Edom's house to where David's palace was, that was 12 and a half miles. And every six steps, they would carry the presence of God. One, two, because they knew at any moment they could die. They knew that at any moment they could not make it to the next six. So they say, God, we're going to pick up. We're going to pick up the presents. Wait, 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 wait. We're going to pick up the presents. We're going to take six steps. And if we make it to the sixth step, we're going to worship. Because even if I don't make it to my next six, I'm going to worship it for my last six. Even if, hey, listen, we are not talking about blind people seeing. We're not talking about blood being stopped. We're not talking about crippled people walking. We're talking about six steps. Because he knew that every step was a miracle. Every step was a miracle. And after every six step, they would stop. They'd get on their knees and they'd kill an animal and they'd worship. As if to say, even if we don't make it to the next six steps, we're going to worship him. Can you worship him for what he's already done in your life? Carl, come up. Carl, come up. Can you worship him for what he's already done in your life? Can you worship him for what he's already done in your life? Can you worship him for what he's already done? Worship him for the last six. Come on. Begin to worship God for the last six. Begin to worship him for the last six.
sit back down. Every six steps, David knew, every six steps, David knew that he had owed God a praise for the previous six. Every six steps, David knew that he had owed God for the last six steps. My message to you tonight is, you owe God your last six steps. Don't forget to worship God for taking you this far. So many of us get caught up on worshiping God for what the next six steps may hold when we forgot to thank him for the last six. Don't ask God for a vision for the next six if you aren't grateful for the last six. Jesus. He worshiped God because he made it that far. When's the last time you worshiped God for making it this far? God, thank you for my six. Thank you for my six, God. Thank you for my last six. I should have been destroyed. My family broke up. My dad left my mom. My life been a rut. My boyfriend left me. My job, they fired me. My situation's been terrible, but God, just thank you for letting me make it this far. Thank you, God. Point number three. We worship God for our last six steps. We don't worship for his presence. We don't worship him for his miracles. I worship God for my last six steps. As believers, you need to understand that your worship isn't based on the miracles. Your worship isn't based on anything because if nothing happens, he's already done stuff for you. He's already brought you this far. The reason why we worship as Christians is because our last six steps. Can you worship God real quick for your last six? In your chair, just worship him. God, thank you for my last six. Thank you for what you've already done. Come on, some of you don't sound grateful for your last six. God, can, thank you for my last six. Thank you. Now here's the thing, some of you guys are like, man, I don't even go to church. Like this is cool and all, but I don't even know Jesus. So what has he done for me when I'm not even a Christian yet? Can I tell you what God has done for you real quick? So many of us that aren't saved, that came here for the first time, we ask God this question. We ask ourselves, what reason do I have to worship? Because I didn't know God brought me this far, so how can I worship him for something I didn't know he was doing? Can I tell you what God did for you? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3 to 9. It says, we're talking about Jesus, and I don't know if you know this, but because you are not perfect and because you make mistakes, there was a price that had to be paid, and you had to die for your sin. But Jesus, look at what he does. The Bible says, he who is Jesus, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care, yet it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrow that weighed him down. 
and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sin, but he was pierced for our rebellion. Crushed for our sins. He was beaten and breaking apart so that we can be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us like sheep have somehow, some way, straight away, we have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of all of us. Whether you know it or not. The Lord laid on him the sins of all of us. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as sheep is silent before the sharers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never decided or deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. So for some of you that came here and you don't know why we worship, you don't know what your last six steps look like. Your last steps, your last six steps, let me tell you what they look like. They look like you having to die and someone stepping in your place. That was your cross you had to carry. That was the whips that you see in the movies, that was your whips. They had your name on it. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm going to step in. Because his next, step, his next six steps are going to be the best six steps of his life. So I'm going to come. And I'm going to be here. And I'm going to step in. And yeah, I'm going to die. And I'm not going to say a word. Because I love them more than they know. Can I remind you that Jesus loves you more than you know? The Bible said that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. What does that mean? You were still a sinner. He said, I'll do it anyway. He's not a Christian yet. Jesus, could you imagine the angels? Jesus, don't go down. You know, they, they don't believe in you anyway. They're still, some of them are still going to go to hell. Jesus, don't die, please. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. Some of you guys need to worship God for his anyway. God, thank you for your anyway. So if it's your first time here tonight and you don't, you, don't, you don't know if God is in you or not, you're asking yourself, is Jesus in you? Well, newsflash, if you have to ask, he's not. So tonight I want to give you the opportunity. If you want Jesus to enthrone himself in your heart, and sit in your situation, if you want his presence, when I count to three, just raise your hand. If you want your life to change, if you want the next six steps to look better than the last six, when I count to three, can you shoot your hand up? Don't be the second person. Be the first person to raise your hand. If you want Jesus tonight, when I count to three, shoot your hand up like a rocket. One, two, three. You got one hand. 
two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's nine souls that got saved tonight. Can we stand up and give God a worship? Can we stand up and give God a praise? Hey, the nine of you that say yes, the Bible says that if you stand up for God in public, when it's time for him to stand up for you, he will. The Bible says that when you die, he's either going to say, my good and faithful servant, or he's going to tell you, depart, me, depart from me for I never knew you. So depending on how you make this prayer right now, determines your eternity. You got to make it from right here. From right here. From right here. If you raise your hand, even if you didn't raise your hand, and you were too shy, now's your moment to step in. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. You're not going to do it alone. We're all going to do it together because we're a family. Repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, I invite you into my heart. I know I'm not perfect. I know I make mistakes. But I know you still love me. And I know you still died for me. And even if I don't make it to my next six, I want you in me for my last six. So God, I worship you. Write my name in the book of life. Seal me with your blood. I worship you and I serve you. And the people of God said, amen. Make some noise for Jesus tonight. I want to sing a song. I want to sing a song. It goes, you don't give your heart in pieces. Listen. So many, God is telling me this right now. So many women in here have not trusted a man's heart because they've given it in pieces to you. And God is saying, my heart, I don't give it in pieces. I give you the full thing. God is saying, God is saying, oh God, oh God. Hey, before we, before I preached, I had some people in your roles lock down your role spiritually. I literally told people throughout the service, I need you to lock down this row spiritually. So this whole message, without you knowing it or not, someone had been praying for you the entire time. And that's why God's speaking to you right now. That's why he's doing it right now. Because your brothers and sisters, whether you know them or not, they prayed that the Holy Spirit spoke to you tonight. And that heart that he's giving you, it's not gonna be ripped up in pieces. He's going to give it to you whole. He's going to mend your broken heart. Can I get a few women to just lay some hands right now? The next six will be better than the last six, says the Lord. Thank you. 
with your next six steps. Just watch. Just watch. Just watch. Hey! I feel the Holy Spirit tonight. Hey, hey, hey. Can, can we be like the woman of blood that when she saw Jesus step in, even though the miracle wasn't for us, we got our miracle anyway? Listen, listen, listen. Alert, alert. Jesus just stepped in the room. Can you get your miracle right now? Can you steal your miracle? Let's go. Hey. Hey, listen. This next song says, a miracle can happen now. A miracle can happen now. Tell them why, Chris. Tell them why. For the spirit of the Lord is here. Can't you tell? Isn't there evidence? Listen. The evidence is all around. Why? Because of his presence. For the spirit of hey! the Lord is here. And when the spirit shows up, transformation has to happen. Oh, God is, God is telling me that he is rebuilding that were once leaders that aren't leaders anymore. Oh, this is a, this is a, this is a, this is an anointing. This is an anointing. You thought you were through? You thought you were through? You thought he was done with you? You thought you were good leaders before. You thought you were good leaders before. Watch what he does. Just wait for your next six. Just wait for you. Can we lay hands? Wait for your next six. Wait for you. Just wait and see what he does with your next six. Because the spirit of Oh, 
discernment is going to change people's lives. Can I tell you something? We are all a product of somebody's process. I don't know if you know this, but you are a product of somebody's process. What do I mean by that? The man who started this church, before he started this church, before he even got saved, he had to go through a process. Didn't have a great upbringing, wasn't rich, he had a process. 48 years later, this is the product of his process. Now listen, 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 listen. God is telling you, don't run from your process. Never did Pastor Gabby know that this would be the product of his process. So when you run from your process, you run from God's product. And how selfish is it for us to say, God, I don't want to go in my process because you don't know who's linked to your product. My dad didn't know that you were linked to that one decision he made to get saved. But through that process, 48 years later, you're here. You are a product of his process. And the moment you choose to step out of the will of God over your life, you say no to the product. When you say no to the process, you say no to the product, and God is telling me right now that he's going to put you in a process. He's going to place some of you in a process. That process isn't going to be easy. That process is going to be difficult. That process is going to make you have to step up. You're going to have to change the way you dress, change the way you talk, change the way you walk, change the way you act because you are a leader. And if you aren't encouraged by your process, be encouraged by the product. I want to tell you something. Everything I've said tonight is a true story, and I'm going to go to another true story. I have friends here tonight that I went to school with. I'm telling you right now, I was not the best kid. <laughs> My boy Brandon, what up, dog? We out here. My boy Brandon, he's seen the worst of me. He's seen me in my lowest. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm 14 fighting 22, 23-year-olds getting jumped. He seen me in my worst moment. You remember that? But look where we at now, dog. Look where we at. And if I said no to my process, would we be here? Would we be here? Don't make a permanent decision in a moment that is only for a moment. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to make a permanent decision in a temporary moment. He said, man, this pain is temporary, but if I can get them to make a permanent decision, I can stick them forever. He wants to take your temporary and turn it into your permanent. That depression that's only temporary, a couple years, he wants it to turn it into your permanent, but it's not gonna happen. Not today, not this lifetime, 
God is going to protect you. Nobody's going to bully you. I say that right now. Nobody's going to mess with you. God is going to cover you your whole life. I promise you this. Hallelujah. Grab the hand of the person next to you. Can we end off tonight with a praise? <laughs> I'm going to pray. As soon as I finish praying, we're going to go into worship. However you want. We can turn up. We can... We're going to go into worship, and we're going to end off the night thanking God for our last six. You Are we ready to worship God and thank him for our last six? Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Holy Spirit, I worship you. I give you honor. I give you glory. But mainly of all, I want you to know that I will forever worship you, not for the miracle, but for my last six steps. Lord, we love you and we worship you. And the people of God said, can we worship tonight? Usher us into a worship. Hey, y'all can come up. Y'all can do y'all thing. The presence of God is still here. That means a miracle can happen at any moment. Let's go. Let's worship. Sing it out. Come on.
This is for you. If you're on your knees, this is for you. God is saying he promises that your next six is going to be better than your last six. Your next six is going to be better than your last six. But you got to stay hungry. You got to stay thirsty. You got to want to be dipped into his presence. Hallelujah. I'm not waiting. 
Listen, I don't know who you are. Watch what God does through you in 365 days. God is telling me, a year from today, put on your calendar, circle it, and watch what God does in your life in the next 365 days. He's calling you to step into leadership. He wants you in next steps. He wants you involved. And he's saying, look and see what happens to your life. Forget the next six steps, the next 365 days. Hey, God is telling me, God is telling me, hey, he's seen what you do. He sees it. You don't think he sees what you do? The next 365 days, watch what he does. Watch what he does. Hey, listen. Y'all don't want to stop. Hey, how about this? Can we get 10 minutes on the clock? I'm going to give us 10 minutes to give God our best. We're going to give you 10 minutes to give God your best because after this we have to do generosity and we got to send you home because a lot of you guys work tomorrow and I got some kids that go to school, college, okay. I'm going to give you 10 minutes to give God your all. And I'm not saying scream. I'm not saying shout. I'm saying get intimate. Get intimate. Holy Spirit is telling me right now. Give him glory for the talents that he's given you and watch where he'll take you. You think you just picked up a camera? You think you just are good at singing? Be responsible with the talent that he's given you. And watch what your next six steps look like. Make your content more about God than you and watch what your next six steps will look like. This is like the YouTube era. <laughs> Make your videos more about God than yourself and watch what he'll do. He's challenging you. It's not for me, it's God. You guys are singers in here. Some of you guys are making albums and EPs. Make your music more about God than yourself and watch what your next six months look like. Now can we, can we listen in for the whisper of God to, real quick for 10 minutes? Right there where you're at, have a moment with God. Come on, get on your knees and have a moment. You don't have to get on your knees. You can stand up. But if you want to have a moment with him, just dive in tonight. Dive in. Come on. Lord, with you, away. 
when nothing else matters and my one desire is to worship you I live to worship you I live, I live to worship you can we be children in the presence of God one last time, one last time time you had a moment like this. sing, but I'm a worship. Imagine what he could do through you if he could do beautiful things out of dust. You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of us. 
time for us after this one. Every voice in here. Come on, let's sing it. not for the relationship or the wife but for my last six Lord we love you we worship you thank you for the whisper the people of God said make your way back to your seats make your way back to your seats can you hug somebody on the way back the next six tell them the next six Come on. 